Welcome everyone to the Holstein House Podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good Friday morning, all y'all. How you doing? I'm Robin. For those of you who don't know, who may not have uh, heard this podcast or broadcast before or seen it, I am Robin Holstein, the West Virginia woman. Uh, This is episode 90. Can you believe it, 90 of the Holstein House broadcast. Hang on a second, let me get to my notes here. So today is live unscripted, Friday live unscripted on Fridays. It's it's kind of open to what anybody might want to um, ask and, and discuss within reason. There's some things I won't discuss, but you know, that's probably not anybody in my audience is going to ask it anyway. So, and today we plan to talk about outlaw chickens and outlaw bees, uh, peach chutney, uh, questions, just general questions on hosting a B&B from your home or hosting B&Bs at all. It doesn't have to be at your home. A lot of the information I uh, have that I can share with you applies across the board, but I do host from my home. So we I've, they've changed the language over, over at Airbnb. I think they call it a room, room host, room, private room. I forget what they call it. Doesn't matter. I do take direct bookings though. So it, it's fine, whatever they want to call it over there. Um, we talk about food preparation, food storage, and and just uh, general things. So uh, I hope you will introduce yourself, at least say hello in the comments so that I can say hello and know that you're there with us. Let me see. Oh, oh, oh. Let me change this. If I don't change this, I can't see you. <laughs> So we've got, this is a busy, busy weekend for us here at the Holstein House. We've got uh, contractors actually started on the doghouse yesterday. I kind of expected them to already be here today, but uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, The young man that's running the crew said he would be here today. So they may not be here till noon. That's what time they got here yesterday. And then they worked till about 630, I think it was. And I asked him if he was going to be here Saturday. He said no, because he's a little league ball coach. So that's fine. I needed to know because we also have a guest coming in this afternoon, late later this afternoon. So I needed to be fair and share with them that there might be some noise, because that's what we do. We let people know. I do provide earplugs for them if they if they need it, but generally it's not necessary. We we get a little noise from the high school football games. Where I mean, if you measured it in city blocks what, maybe four, four or five city blocks if we were in a direct line to the football field, but um, not quite that. Oh, Bob's ears just perked up, got the door open, and he can look out the window. He may bark. I can't tell if he's going to bark or not. He looks like he wants to, but I think he's not going to. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we do we do have a, a lot going on um, this weekend here at the Holstein house. Let me close this window. I've got quite a few windows open again. I, I'm doing a bunch of stuff back and forth here before we got started. But so the contractors are working. They are, um, there's a section of the doghouse, which is a single story. Um, I mean, it can be for those you don't know, it, it could be converted into a living space. The area where you would think would be a bedroom doesn't have a closet. So, you know, by the rules, it wouldn't have a bedroom in it, but it does have a kitchen. It does have a bathroom. It does have a living room area. And then it does have another room that could be used for just about anything. Um, It's not huge, but it's, um, 
it's a pretty decent little size and the roof has been bad for a long time. So I got the money together to uh, have the roof replaced. Uh, there's going to have to be a lot of that sheeting stuff uh, replaced as well. And uh, along with the, um, the shingles and, and stuff. So there is a section. Um, it has a little garage, a small garage, not much bigger than what you could fit a nice size riding lawnmower in. So, um, but it has that little garage on the side and the back door of that little garage doesn't have a roof over it. So you, you, he, Mr. Holstein wanted to cover that so that he could pull his mower and, and smaller things under that and keep them out of the weather, but not have them in the way in that garage where he could do other things and, and fix and work on other small engines. So we're having that. So they're having to extend that. Well, in order to do that, they have to, you know, plant the post, they have to build the little infrastructure kind of whatever it is for just a little, um, little porch covering is about all it's going to be. But they did finally get that started yesterday and hopefully it won't take too terribly long to get that completed. They told us when they came out and looked at, the, at it that it wouldn't take very long at all to do because it's so small and it's not steep. <laughs> there it is. It's off by a few, few minutes. I've got to adjust it again. I, uh, the cuckoo clock. Um, it got the, uh, one of the weights bumped a table and got sideways so it stopped moving and so the clock kind of froze up and when I reached up to fix that I, I bumped the uh, pendulum and the little um, the little weight on the pendulum scooted down and I just had got it back to where it was keeping good time and so that only it would be like once every two weeks or so that I had to adjust it um, and now we're back to playing that game <laughs> constantly have to adjust it so it thinks it's uh, on the hour and everything else I have electronic that syncs to the big uh, fancy um, universal clock says it's seven minutes after the hour so who knows well they know but it'll take me a while to get that fixed but yeah we have um, we have our guest coming in uh, this evening traveling down to Georgia so you'll be staying with us tonight and leaving out again tomorrow and uh, I've got to get things tidied up because I've been very busy here with uh, things going on. Um, we're also, uh, Mr. Holstein was also able to reach out to a, a tree removal expert kind of guy. Pardon me for that drink of coffee. And we have that very large tree of heaven thing out back that I've been fretting over for several years because limbs are falling out of it. And it's huge. It's, if you if it was scooted up next to the house, it would be so I've, I'm in a two story house. And so it would be at least one story. It's probably a three story tree at very least. It's one of those dumb tree of heavens. And we've had several people give us estimates on taking it down over the years. And one of them that um, we we decided to uh, contract with said he would be here on a Saturday. This has been a couple years ago, and he never showed up, and he never answered my responses. I did not give him money up front, so I wasn't out anything other than my time and some aggravation because this thing needs to come down. And I thought I would reach out after we got the roof on the doghouse, this, this year, as far as contractors, has not rolled out smoothly at all, starting with the front porch that took months and months that should have, I mean, it, it ended up taking the guy that did it one day with a helper. So two guys did it in a day. And it was from, we gave him a significant down payment that should have covered all the materials in February. And I, I had to get redneck and threaten him with, um, going to small claims court in June to get it done. Um, a, a couple weeks of that was not his fault. Uh, based on what he shared with me, um, there was a supply chain issue with the, um, I, I don't know, I don't know if I call it hardware store. It wasn't like Lowe's. It was like a small company place. And, um, it just got boogered up. And then the doghouse, I contracted with them in the second half of June, 
And so it's taken a couple months for that to come around. Some of that's been delayed because of rain. I get it. I'm not an idiot. I know that rain affects your ability. Oops, my towel fell down behind me. Uh, your ability to work on a roof. And we had um, you know, a couple weeks or three there where it rained a little bit every day, which was throwing these folks behind uh, on their other projects. And then now this with the, the tree. So we're, we're making headway. Um, I told Ms. Charleston yesterday evening that I want the next major thing I want done is the fence out back. Um, so once we get this tree down, um, we'll be able to get, I say we'll be able to get it cleared out. It's going to be a nightmare clearing it out, but um, because it's so blasted huge. And it's covered with ivies, whether it's house ivy, English ivy, or poison ivy. It's all in there, all in there. And so we won't be able to burn it. So um, even outside, because if the wind shifts and that smoke gets on you, the oils from the poison ivy or even poison oak will get on you and uh, cause you some problem. And then especially if you inhale it, you, you just don't want to do any of that. So we're looking at getting that down probably Sunday. I don't like it being done on a Sunday, but he's available and Mr. Holstein worked that out. So um, he knows I kind of don't like that stuff to happen on Sunday, but you know, that one, that one he took care of. I won't, uh, I won't get after him. <laughs> I won't nag him about that. So we've got those two projects uh, and our guest coming this weekend. So it's very busy. And uh, uh, there's uh, trying to get a lot of things done. I've been canning. Um, I think I want to. Uh, well, I think I shared with you on Tuesday the um, that I had purchased some peaches and uh, tomatoes to can. I'm gonna show you if I can get my head tipped down. I got a habit of tipping my head back, and I I think it's this head headset that makes me do that. Let me see if I can. Doop 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 percent. Oh, I don't want this one to be it. I want. Hmm. I want to present. I want to share a different screen. Can I? I can't. Let me. Let me stop. Screen. Let me. Because, and I think what's going on here is because I didn't have this one screen open when I, um, yeah, when I went to, um, so this is a, um, darn it, why doesn't this ever work the way I want it to work? This is a can't get down to get my mouse on that. Oh, this is what I picked up at the uh, farmer's market the other day. It is a, uh, what you see here is just the tomatoes. What you don't see here is a, the same size box of peaches here. And you can barely see a basket of potatoes. So tomatoes, potatoes, and peaches is what I picked up at the farmer's market uh, Monday. I think it was Monday. And out of, out of these two boxes of tomatoes, I got almost 15. Well, I got 15 quarts. I got a little bit more than 15 quarts of juice. And then I put the, uh, I put the pulp and the, and the solids from the juice in the dehydrator. And they're in there now. And, um, they're uh, drying up. I, I didn't get them quite thin enough to uh, for it to go smoothly, but I did get it done. So this is uh, what I did is I put the tomatoes, I quartered them and put them in the um, uh, generic Instapot. I washed them. Here's the, this is a vinegar water bath here. It's a quarter, quarter cup of vinegar per gallon. And I rinsed them in vinegar and I, um, quartered them and put them in the Instapot. It takes about 15 minutes, I think. What, no, 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 it was five minutes. Five minutes in the generic Instapot. And then I strained that and put the juice in the, um, in the jars. 
put the jars in the steam canner. And five minutes later, I had juice. Well, jars of juice. <laughs> so um, that I did that Monday and um, part of Tuesday. Yeah. And then yesterday, which was Thursday, because Wednesday we had the stuff at the church. Wednesday, I started working on the peaches. Now, I don't, it, I've got the light off in the back back here in the kitchen but um i don't know which <laughs> this should be it this should be it back here is these are the boxes and then over over here is the over this is hard to do backwards i'm not a weather guy uh it are the peaches that i have left to to, to process so uh that uh that's going to happen. Plus, you know, like I said, our guests, I got to get some stuff ready. Today is Friday, so it's I-N-R day. I, the letter I, the letter N, the letter R day for dad. So I'll go over to his place and do his I-N-R test. I also have to deliver some eggs <laughs> that I've sold. So it is a very, very busy day. Uh, I don't have an update on the Ramsey house other than the tree. The tree that we're having taken down is across that property line so it's technically part of the ramsey house project and i will go over to dad's after i get the audio uploaded uh, today and do his inr test and i have to swing by uh, walmart i need to do the bank deposits and um, then get back over here and finish tidying up for my guests as much as i can with all these canning things out here Uh, the ducklings are 15 weeks, so that means next week, next week they're four months old, and I should start seeing eggs out of those girls. They were out all the time that the contractors were here yesterday. I didn't let them out till noon. The contractor showed up a few minutes, about 10 minutes after, and I was shaking my head thinking, oh, here we go. Yeah, here. Just let the birds out. Here they come. But the contractors did fine. They didn't let the birds out of the yard. They kept the gate shut and it went very well. The birds weren't too traumatized. The chickens were a little upset, but they weren't too traumatized. By the end of the afternoon, they were all walking through the yard like nobody's business, ignoring everybody. So it, it turned out to be just fine. But I'm going to start looking. Those ducks need to be starting to lay some eggs pretty soon. And uh, I I do have the pecan. The pecan is uh, laying again. Uh, mama duck, the mama of the ducklings, is not laying, uh, not reliably, or she is hiding them again. And I don't know what I'm going to do with her. I'm keeping them locked up most of the day. If they're laying later in the day, um, once this tree comes down, I'm probably going to be cranking down on them and... Um, uh, keeping them in more longer periods i i can't once that tree is down of course it'll be in a lot of it'll be in the way uh, i'll have to think that through a little more but we'll be i'll we'll be able to get to the fence that's between the yards better and i'll I hopefully can shore up the the back of the the run that slopes down the hill that's not real sturdy right now and matter of fact some of the chickens hop fly up on the on the wire and they hop out even with their wings trimmed it's not tall enough for that not to happen so there's not a top on that I should be able to firm that up and if I can get that firmed up then that'll make things a lot better all the way around <clears throat> but the ducklings will be 16 weeks next week four months old next week I'm surprised they're still living but uh, yeah they were they were testing their wings yesterday they were flapping hard and flying low uh, running around the backyard yesterday and and part of the front yard because I have had to move the piece of fence that I keep to keep the dogs from going out because I've shared with you before the dogs can get out the backyard because the fence is mashed in several spots where tree limbs have fallen on it so once uh, I keep a, a piece of fence up for them so that they're uh, they're not in the backyard fully it's between the buildings so they they stay in the front but I usually will roll that back enough so that the ducks can get through 
and then I keep water and stuff for the ducks out front. And uh, that was all down yesterday because of the contractors and the little du baby ducks. I don't know what we'll call them now. They're not babies anymore. Uh, had full access to the full yard yesterday and they were stretching their wings a little bit. It was, it was funny. It was funny. Cute, I should say. So the tomato plants uh, are doing really well out back. If you have ever tried to container grow tomatoes, you know that it can be a challenge. They can get top heavy. And I have had some that have done that. And uh, I've found um, bean poles and I've, I've staked them through the, hand, the bucket handle. I've got the five-gallon buckets or the cage because I, I will put cages on my container tomatoes at, at an angle so that they don't, they don't flop over. And I've had, I've got one that should have been a great producer this year that just kept getting knocked over. And um, um, it just, uh, it just has been beat, beat to death. So it's not doing real well. But the other ones, the ones that I have trained on the um, garden arch, they're doing really well. I, I needed to put some more soil in them. I, I should have filled those bags up a lot more. I didn't have it at the time. But uh, I think that'll be something that will resolve next year is getting enough soil in those bags. Those bags are feed bags. Those bags are dog food and chicken feed bags or poultry feed bags. The, um, I don't have anything here close that I can show you, but it's, it's the plastic, but it's the woven plastic. Uh, and water can seep out. It will puddle up, but it eventually does seep out. So it keeps... It keeps a little more water in, but um, it, it it does slowly drain so that you, you do have to watch and make sure that your, your plants have enough water. My peppers are starting to bloom again, so they're starting to like this cooler weather. I may shuffle those around. One of the good things about having a container garden is you can move your plants around uh, if they don't get too heavy. <laughs> now, some of my tomato plants are really heavy. And um, I may move those around a little bit more. I may move those a little more. I did give them all some extra water this morning because we haven't had rain in a few days. But uh, they're doing okay. If we should have another six weeks or so of decent weather before frost. Um, I don't have my farmer's almanac up here. It's down in the bunker. But um, we, I may be able to get some decent uh, peppers out of that this year. Have you ever tried to start plants from the seeds of things you bought. Where I'm going with that, I'm considering starting a peach tree from the seeds of the peaches that I bought at the market. I just don't, I could probably get a tree out of it, but would it bear fruit and how would I know? Because you know, as they uh, hybridize and they cross-pollinate and they do all these things and some people call it genetic modification but you know define genetic modification is it only lab interference or is it you know when you cross-pollinate this plant with this plant is that not genetic modification I kind of think it is I kind of think it is but um I'm thinking I, I'd like to try it. I have a a, plant, a tree that's about two feet tall in the bathroom that I started from a lemon seed. And I want, um, I, I need to trans, it's time to transplant it, but I want to uh, try that with the peach seed and see if I can make it grow. I don't know how long it would take before it bears fruit. If it's going to take 20 years, I can't do that. Uh, another thing we need to do here on on the property is uh, we I, I just hate to cut down a beautiful dogwood tree and there's a couple of really beautiful dogwood trees in the front yard and they're in the most unfortunate place because when we replace the uh, fence the roots are going to get damaged and one of them is right on the um, where the the gate where he backs the camper in where it opens up and you can't open that gate fully because it slams into that tree. Um, we could put a rolly gate kind of thing in there, but I don't, I 
don't think the wheel would clear between the fence post and the base of the dogwood tree. My point there is I want to get some fruit bearing trees on the property. I would like them out front um, where other people can benefit from them, but I, um, in our backyard, it slopes so terribly. It's just, and while that other tree's down, oh, just too many things. However, I need to remove some trees. Mr. Holstein's not a tree fan, so I have to be careful. Not careful as in not upsetting him. I mean, I'm, I'll plant a tree. I just need to be careful in my selection of the tree. I want a tree that doesn't get overly wide so that when I do plant it, um, it's not going to, keeping in mind how he fusses about, and, and rightfully so, he fusses about the tree scraping the camper as he pulls out. I don't want him doing that either. I don't pay attention to it because I'm not the one pulling the camper most of the time. So I need something that's not going to be overly wide. I need something that's going to bear fruit. And I need something that's uh, just not going to be so overly tall that I can't manage to keep it, you know, in check. There's some kind of tree out front that I've had some people say, oh, that's a crab apple tree. Those are not crab apples that's coming off that thing. I think it's one of those fake fruit trees, not a, not a legitimate, because even, even the sweet loving bugs, you know, like the, the wasps and stuff, they don't hover around it. You know, if you've got apple trees and peach trees and stuff, when they hit the ground and they're sitting there, you've got wasps and bees and stuff all over it. You don't have that on this thing. And the, whatever kind of fruit it is, it only gets to be about this big and it gets hard it doesn't, um, it doesn't get a nice color. It kind of goes from one kind, one shade of brown to black. They're not nuts. Um, so, ow, oh shoot. I think it's just some kind of, um, just a decorative tree. I don't think it's a legitimate tree, fruit tree kind of thing. So, um, I want to get rid of it. And I think he'll be okay with it because he likes taking out trees. <laughs> but I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what he'll think about when I say, I want to plant something else there in its place. So uh, we'll see about that. It's, I think you have, I'm thinking you plant trees in the fall so that they overwinter. And then when they wake up in the spring, they're already in place and they're not in shock. I'm going to look that up some more. And it needs to be, I would like it to be something that is obviously um, okay in West Virginia. I really would like it to be a West Virginia apple tree. Now I had one at, at my, where I, the house where I grew up. Most of it's still there, but I don't think the tree is actually living. I think it's died. And I don't know how to take a cutting from it. Can you take cuttings from trees? That I would really like to know. And how to do that. I've tried to take cuttings from other things. I don't do real well with them. I, I just don't know why. It, I'm doing something wrong, obviously, because in, in a lot of things where you can do cuttings, um, I just don't. It doesn't work very well. So. But we'll, uh, we'll see what unrolls there. Um, but like I said, the tomatoes are coming in. They're coming in slow. I uh, probably got 10 or 12 today. Just the little cherry tomatoes, which is fine. It's enough for a day. I'm going to try to dehydrate those as well. And um, uh, maybe I, I saw where you can put them in a nice jar of olive oil and maybe make those food gifts. I have to think that through a little more uh, after you dehydrate them, obviously. But you have to, they have to be used quickly. So you have to like put a tag on them. Oh, speaking of that, I would, um, the peaches, the peaches. I made chutney, a peach chutney out of half of the peaches that I got the other day. Now, chutney is, um, 
it's a, it's a, it's a spread or a, a kind of a condiment. You don't just sit there and eat it out of the jar. It's, it's not, it's not ketchup. You know how you don't just sit and eat ketchup, but, um, chutney is, um, usually made, is made from chopped fruit, uh, has a lot of vinegar in it, spices and, and sugar. It, I mean, there's, there's different kinds. I was asking some folks on Facebook if they'd ever, uh, had chutney. And a couple of them said, yeah, when I asked him what kind, they couldn't tell me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, well, was it peach? Was it lemon? Was it, uh, you know, um, mango? Somebody said they had mango and they liked that real well. But yeah, chutney is, uh, is made, with, it's kind of a fruit version of a relish. So, uh, you chop them up, you add the spices. In this, I put uh, vinegar, a lot of vinegar, like five cups. It was crazy. Vinegar, mustard seed, onions, a hot pepper, the, the peaches, brown sugar. I think that was it. I think that was it. But you have to cook it down. So you mix it all up. It, it feels a standard Dutch oven. Um and you cook it down about half. It needs to be thick. And my, for me, I had to cook it down about half for it to be really good and thick. And it should have made seven pints, but I ended up with five. So either my uh, peaches weren't large enough or I cooked it down too far. But I don't think I cooked it down too far. It said mediums, medium peaches. They look like medium peaches to me, but maybe they weren't. So it's, it's chutney generally is a, uh, is an Indian, the continent of India, Indian food. Um, mango is one of the ones that most people are familiar with, but um, you can, you can make it with other stuff. But this is, this is a jar of the chutney that I made yesterday. Technically I shouldn't be holding it yet because it's not 24 hours old, but it is sealed. I haven't washed the jars yet. It's really sticky. Let me tell you, sticky all over the place. So it almost, oops, it almost has a a, a chili uh, look to it as far as the color. Um, that's just the brown sugar and the darkening um, peaches as they cooked. I did use a dab of fruit fresh on them because it was taking me a while to get them cut up. But um Oh, and raisins. There's raisins in here too. I forgot. I started, I saw a dark spot and I thought, what is that? Oh, wait, that's raisins. So this is, uh, I, I don't know how well that's coming across on the screen, but uh, this is a, a, um, a pint of, uh, of peach chutney. And I actually don't care much for it <laughs> because it came out, it's good. It had, it, if you are a mustard liking person, you would love this. You would absolutely love this. I'm not that fond of mustard. I'll use a little bit of mustard in like um, potato salad to color it up. I don't want to taste it. And this is a strong vinegary mustard flavor because mustard, I think I told you there's mustard seeds in it. Mustard seed and vinegar, you know, and there's some, it's like, it's almost a sweet and sour, a mustardy sweet and sour flavor. So what I ended up doing with it is I made a small uh, pork roast yesterday for dinner and we served this chutney on the, on the slices, uh, on the pieces of pork roast. And, um, you know, Mr. Holstein and I both said, I mean, he likes more mustard than I do, but he said it was a little strong for him too, but it wasn't bad. Uh, would, I will use it again. We'll finish off these. I will uh, offer it. <laughs> to friends and family it's not it's not nasty but it's just a strong mustard flavor and uh, it would go good with pork and um, maybe summer sausage like on a on a charcuterie tray with uh, uh, with little little cups of it so that people can kind of put it on there uh, I think it would go good with that I, I'm not sure I'm not sure if this particular one would go well with um, um, any cheeses. Now there is a, uh, you can use it. I haven't tried it yet. I'll try it though. You can thin it out with some, um, or put a little spoonful in some cream cheese and use it as a spread. I may try that. That might taste pretty good. 
I don't, uh, like I said, I'm not a big mustard fan, but that might work. That might work. It's a, a sweet and tangy. There's no tomato in this, but there's a, uh, I, the, well, I don't have it here. There is a tomato chutney that I might try as well. That may be my new, maybe my thing for 2023 is, is chutney. I'm going to chutney everybody to death. Now, the uh, watermelon rind uh, preserves, I've got some more to make that. Uh, I need to do that this weekend too because the watermelon rinds are going to get sour if I don't. They're in, they're in, they're sealed in a, in a container, but they've been in there for a little while and uh, um, they go over very well. So I may try to get that done this, this weekend too. Just a lot, a lot to get done here at Holstein House. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We get uh, a lot on our plates. We get too much on our plates and it can be uh, a struggle. So, let me see. Where are we at? Mm. Well, so, one of the things that I put on the uh, description for the show today, and I hope I can make this work, um, was um, outlaw chickens. Outlaw chickens. And what brought that up was... Um, let me remove that. Ooh, don't do that. Um, remove that and go back to open this up on the news today. And I'd, I'd been watching this a little bit uh, back in 2017, the city of Charleston, which is, um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where did it go? There it goes. Is that it? Um, window. I can't find it now. Where did it go? Here it is. Um, the city of Charleston approved an ordinance to allow chickens within the city limits. And uh, all of the uh, local uh, restaurants that, you know, the um, mom and pop types were all about, oh, we're going to offer fresh eggs, that fresh eggs with coops on the roofs and, and fresh chicken eggs and all this. And then it kind of died. You never heard any more about it. Well, there's another city called South Charleston, and they, they are separate entities, uh, even though in, in the capital city of Charleston, there are suburbs called North Charleston, the West Side, East End, and Kanawha City. They all make up uh, Charles, the city of Charleston. And the city of South Charleston is much smaller, but it is um, its own entity. And for the past couple of years, there's been stories, stories popping up that within their ordinances, uh, people can apply for and get permits to keep bees and chickens. And a couple stories have popped up with uh, three different families, three different households that have been trying to apply for and uh, be permitted to keep bees and chickens. And the city council was dragging their feet. And so they would, they would send in their applications and it would just stop there. So push came to shove and about three, four weeks ago, there was a story that uh, the city of South Charleston had an, an amendment to an ordinance, ordinance to prohibit bees and chickens within city limits because they are considered livestock and they are considered dangerous because, you know, Young Sheldon will tell you, chickens will chase you up trees. What I want to try to share with you, if it will work, um, and I do have, uh, it's click, the share audio is marked, so hopefully this will play uh, when, I, when I go to it and share it. Um, at the, uh, this is not the one I was after. Sure. 
but let me see if I can make this work. It doesn't want to load. But to make it just um, just that tab for you. If, let me see if this will play. I don't know if you can hear it or not. And it is official. If you want bees or chickens in the city limits of South Charleston, you'll have to flock elsewhere. Daniel Burbank joins us now in the studio after going to the city council and heard the vote on the ban. Daniel. Dave, the decision is final tonight. The South Charleston Code now says no one is allowed to have bees or chickens. City council also voted to remove any mention of a permitting process for specific types of birds. Tonight, South Charleston homeowners asked the city to table a vote banning backyard bees and chickens or come up with another solution. Put this on hold, do some research, find out what your folks say. This all started last year when South Charleston homeowner Susan Castorf put a 29-page petition asking for a permit to have chickens and a coop in her backyard. Both her neighbors signed off saying they were fine with the coop, but the city denied the permit saying her property was too small. City code now adds bees, chickens, duck, goose, and pigeons to the list of prohibited animals. Only one city council member voted no on the amendment. It is frustrating. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to listen. And if you, I recommend, you know, if you do have opinions, please, and if you disagree with what I've said, please reach out and let me know that you don't want these are chickens. Mayor Frank Mullins specifically said he does not hate bees or chickens, but believe this vote was the majority of opinion of people he spoke with. I do believe, I've been around here a long time, that the majority of people who live in our neighborhood the subdivisions do not want farm animals raised in there. That's why you live in the city. Eyewitness News held an online poll in February asking if residents should be allowed to raise chickens and bees in city limits. 54% said yes. Mayor Mullen says he's open to the idea of putting it on the ballot for a vote in 2026. The city council also voted to clarify information about service animals. Now, this ordinance takes effect immediately. Live in studio, Daniel Burbank, Eyewitness News. All right, thank you. So hopefully the audio worked on that. I didn't have any way of knowing it. I could hear it fine. Um, I'm going to put a link to the story in the descriptions uh, for today. And, um, and so that you can go and look at it if you were not able to hear the audio. But what it boils down to is that the city of South Charleston amended her code to say that no person may keep or harbor any cow, calf, horse, colt, mule, pony, goat, sheep, hog, swine, bee, now this is where it's new, bee, chicken, duck, goose, turkey, pigeon, or any other wild or domestic animal <laughs> within the city. Now, I would start, I would jump up and down and say, wait a minute, wild or domestic animal. Cats and dogs are domestic animals. Lizards, iguanas are, are domesticated animals. <laughs> But I don't live in the city of South Charleston, and this is why I don't live in a city limit. I live in a uh, in a in a county, and uh, of course, our we're not like New York, where our county does have is is uh, in is all urban. We have very rural rural parts of the county, and um, so I I do live in the uh, in the county area and in an area that uh, it's we can have chickens and ducks and geese and I, I don't want any geese but bees I don't I don't want bees here near the house I I don't bees are great I could have bees on a different property if somebody would take care of them <laughs> I would share the property for just a quarter or two of uh, honey a year and then they could do whatever they want to do with the rest of it but I, I don't want I'm not going to be raising bees myself um I noticed they didn't say rabbit on that on South Charleston either. But it's a shame. It's a shame. Now, the, the biggest the biggest shame, if they had always had, you know, bees and chickens and ducks or poultry, I'm just going to say poultry, bees and poultry, uh, and people were trying to petition to get them to add it, it would be one thing. But they had a, a method of permitting 
the uh, uh, raising of these animals and they just decided to shut it down. And I think that is wrong. I think that is wrong. So now what do the folks that already have them do? Uh, there was, and I'm not sure technically if they were in the South Charleston city limits, but I have done notary work for a guy that raised turkeys. It's one of the first things that I did in the area as, an, as a mobile notary. And it was fascinating. He had all these turkeys. It was crazy. I'd never seen him like that. It was also, it was also a very unique situation when, uh, before I left the uh, lady, the wife, I think they were married, but they, they were older. So I'm just going to assume they were, uh, said something about that I'd been sitting on one of their guns and I'm like oh I'm sorry and she says no we keep them behind the cushions of the couch and I, I thought oh I'm not an anti-second amendment anything I'm pro-second amendment but for Pete's sakes don't put them behind your couch cushion when you have guests coming in to sit down it was crazy <laughs> so um like I said, I'm going to put that. Uh, I'm going to put a link to that story down there in case you weren't able to hear the uh, the audio. Be sure and uh, say hello, you know, so that we know you're there. Love to love to be able to say hello to you this morning. And so, you know, if you if you ever think that you might want to raise, you know, chickens or ducks. I love my ducks, uh, chickens or ducks, or even rabbits. I'm I'm toying with the idea of rabbits. I the problem with rabbits is the harvesting of rabbits. I don't know if I can do it. I just don't know if I can do it. I've been reading up on how it's done. It's done humanely. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't, I don't know that I can do that. And um, I'd have, I'd have to, I'd have to be able to do it. And I, I would like to be able to do that. I just don't know if God's given me, what it takes there's a reason i'm a housewife and and not the guy out in the field <laughs> so that's uh that was the big thing that we were going to talk about today the um the chickens and the ducks out there the outlaw chickens and ducks and i've already touched on the chutney but uh, you know if you had any questions i'd love to be answering questions for you i have been um keeping house since I was 17 years old. I'm 58 now. So that's uh, 47 years I've been keeping house. It's crazy, isn't it? 47 years I've been uh, balancing budgets and uh, stretching food and living on, oh, I, you know, I was listening to a, a very, very successful podcaster yesterday, a replay of, it, of his show, and he got to talking about his history and, um, how, you know, his history and a few other people's histories of, of how they were able to pull themselves up and be successful. And I've taken a different route, but I'm trying to shed that imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough. I, I know that God made me good enough, you know, pardon me, but I know there's always questions. People always have questions. But I, I was listening to him. Uh, talk about you know when things were hard when he was a young man in his 20s and uh, and trying to make make ends meet and choices he made good and bad choices he made and how he got to where he was and and I got to thinking you know you 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 don't share your history with people very much I mean I kind of do but I, I don't really do a, a good job at sharing my history with people and um, I do talk a little bit about um you know, I was married at 17, moved to Fort Hood, Texas, lived with my first husband there for four years, um, you know, moved back here, uh, was uh, another nine years here as a military wife, and then on my own and a single mom, and then married and divorced again, and then now Mr. Holstein and I have been married uh, 22 years. But in those early days, before my children came, you know, we were... We, <laughs> were trying to live pay utilities and a car payment on uh, a pfc salary and back then a pfc was getting around 700 dollars a month or so i've got a chart somewhere I, I i put it oh i put it in one of my books which book did i put it in mm, i think i put it in my um my uh recipe book for um, feeding your family on ten dollars a day I think I put it in there. I don't have it handy. I'm always thinking of stuff I never have it handy. 
but the PFC salary, we were paying like $250 a month and that was taking a big chunk and we were paying a hundred fifty or hundred sixty seven dollars hundred sixty seven is sticking in my mind that, that may not have been it for our vehicle and so that was taking a big old chunk of what we had and, and that didn't include all the utilities and stuff so we had to deal with our utilities and and groceries and uh, laundering his clothes and um you because know, mine I could throw in the bathtub and wash those and throw them out on the line and it wasn't a big deal because or but we we had to you know his his clothes had to be washed in a washing machine or sent to the laundry and just living life on that little bit of money and i got to thinking you know we ate a lot we ate a lot of pintos my mother would get upset she said you can't be eating pinto beans all the time like that i'm like yeah it's good it's fine so i mean three four days a week we were eating pinto beans because i would fix a large pot of pintos and we would eat on them you know for days and then we'd eat hot dogs and we'd eat um some hamburger not much hamburger and chicken on Sundays because that was the thing that made me feel like I was at home my grandma always fixed chicken on Sundays which a lot of people used to do and uh, and that would be it I mean you know some a few vegetables here and there some we, we were drinking uh, he drank Kool-Aid and I drank iced tea and so we had two gallon jugs and one had his Kool-Aid and one had my iced tea because you know sugar was cheap Kool-Aid was, you know, a quarter a pack. So you could make a gallon of, of Kool-Aid for less than 50 cents because it didn't take 25 cents worth of sugar. And that's what we drank. And we were, that was back in the days when generics were actually black and white labeled. We'd go to the PX or the commissary, we'd go to the commissary and uh, get generic foods. And the, the box would be white and the lettering would be black. It was crazy. We get generic pop and it had this really strange odd little flavor but uh every every now and again we'd get we'd get generic pop and of course generic macaroni and cheese which is like 15 cents a pack a box and we ate a lot of macaroni and cheese too it was crazy crazy back then and but now and now i could probably weed out a lot it's weed out more than we really should but there's just so many things going on that I don't always have time to 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 cook. And he'll come in and I'll look at the clock and think, oh, yeah, it is time for you to be home. And we'll run out and get, you know, Shoney's or Mexican. That's usually where we go. But it uh, it reminded me that I don't, I, I could probably do a lot better with these broadcasts than I do sharing uh, the history and things that I've been through and things that I do but then I think I, I'm getting off track and not focused so um, I'm, I'm trying to come up with another series I was doing a few series on Tuesdays on the uh, mechanics of running uh, a B&B &B, and we did um, uh, uh, calendaring programs like um, free to book uh, we did setting your rates. We did, um, um, oh, shoot, policies. Um, we did um, cancellations. We, we've done several on the on the mechanics of running your B&B offering specials and promotions and, you know, what kind of food, whether you want to just a, a few things or something um a sit-down meal we've done we've talked about uh for your direct book guests offering them more value and how you can do that and so i've, I've, I've touched on those things a lot you can always go around this around it again because you're going to pick up people who may not have seen them way back and may not be interested in going that far back but I'm I'm looking for an I'm I'm looking for an idea on on a series, small series, maybe four. Um, we have the holidays coming up. I don't do a lot of. Um, I mean, I decorate for the holidays, but I don't do a lot of specials for the holidays. Again, I don't offer specials through Airbnb. And holidays are very stressful anyway. So I I do a few things, maybe some special flowers or special. Um, drinks not like alcoholic drinks but um offering you know flavors for your coffee or those uh, flavored teas and things like that for in apple cider for the fall and 
just little things, but I, I don't, um, I don't have a, I don't have them. I need to work that out. I need to work out a series of, I had a, I had a list. <laughs> I had a list. I had a list. Up tops. Oh, oh, there we go. We're back. Had a, had a blink there for a minute. So we've touched on all of those things. There's some stuff going on. Um, uh, back to school sales and, and holidays and things are happening now. So the kids are going back to school in my area. Actually, my county first day of school started today, Friday of all days. Now they do that for stupid reasons. It's just dumb. There's no sense in starting school on a Friday and then having two days off. It's not that they get two days off. It's that they have to go to school one day. Now, that's just dumb. Sorry. Sorry. My opinion. It's just dumb. And, um, but that changes the routine in the community now. So uh, some of the things that I'll be reminding my guests of, depending on the time of day they leave, if they, if they go one particular direction, there's a one-way street for school hours. So those kind of things. Oh, I know what I was going to touch on. Um, totally, totally not related to directly to the, to the BNB at all. I shared with you, uh, about a year ago, it's actually been a year that there was this big chemical tanker that's, that wrecked on the West Virginia Turnpike, which is 64 and 77. That's the one I reference all the time. When I say, if you're traveling interstate 64, 77, known as the West Virginia Turnpike, um, it's the same road and there's a couple of good heavy little curves that if you're a, a tractor trailer driver and you're speeding, you're running a significant risk of just rolling that thing down the hillside. And uh, that's what happened with this particular tanker. And it was carrying commercial detergents. We're not talking about Dawn. We're talking about commercial detergents. And that thing dumped over into Paint Creek, which is obviously a creek is a small body of water traveling through a particular hollow and it was named paint creek and it um, the the turnpike goes over it several different times it's it's a pretty long pretty long creek uh, obviously it's not 100 miles but so it contaminated all of that uh it it spilled the the waters it killed all the fish and the um stuff that was living in the water it, it made a lot of wildlife sick that was drinking the water. If it, they got into it, it contaminated wells. Well waters were testing positive for it. Well, it's been a year now, and um, there's been testing done on the waters uh, in the wells and on the soils and stuff. And what it has, what our county commission has shared is that the well waters are not showing any contamination by this particular um, detergent. But the soil, the soil on each side of the creek is showing contamination. So now these, these folks can't grow gardens if it's even trying to grow. I haven't been back there to look uh, to see if, it's, uh, if, if there's any vegetation growing. But if you can get something to grow, are your fruits and vegetables pulling that up into their system? Are you ingesting some of that as well? The mailman is coming in the gate and going to put a package on my doorstep. And uh, he's hitting my doorbell to tell me that he has put something in the mailbox, I guess. I bet it's something that had to be signed for. <laughs> yeah. So as I try to roll back in before I, I close, because... Uh, Oh, he's waiting on me. I'm going to have to call it here, unfortunately, because he is out there waiting. And I'm going to go have to see what he's doing. So thank you so much. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Post your comments. Do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms. And look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.